But sometimes when we get picked last, when we have that feeling in us, it's because we got picked last at the thing that felt important to us. And so the reality doesn't necessarily line up with what we're feeling and experiencing. Hi there, I'm Greg Flynn, and this is The Bind, a podcast for men and the people that love them. It's all about helping men untangle the beliefs and behaviors that keep us stuck, stressed, and in shame. We can't do this alone, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let's dive in. I wasn't expecting this. And by that, what I mean is just a few years ago when I made a decision to put out into the world a, an invitation to men to come and circle up and support each other in what I anticipated were going to be challenging times. I didn't think that I would be sitting here today talking about the things I'm talking about. It wasn't a plan. It wasn't something I envisioned. It just kind of unfolded. So let me give a little bit of context here. Uh, we're basically at the year mark or the, the three year mark, the anniversary time of the beginnings in this country, in the United States of America, of the COVID-19 pandemic. And, and, and really the, the beginnings of the process of lockdown and stay at home orders and all the stuff that we were dealing with three years ago. So just a little bit of, of the story, I guess I, as this was happening and it was kind of becoming clear, like, oh, this is going to be a thing. <laughs> this is, I know I, I was, I remember I got an email from a friend. I was like, Hey, do you want to have a zoom call? Like we're doing zoom calls now. Right. And he was like, yeah, no, I don't really feel like zoom. I feel like maybe, maybe, um, let's get together and walk for a walk in a couple of weeks when this is all blows over. Right. And I had the sense that this isn't going to blow over in a couple of weeks and this is actually going to be really hard. And one of the things that as people who are <laughs> listeners of this podcast know, one of the things that I kind of pay attention to is the tendency for us as men to isolate in general. So when we add stay home orders and we add the challenge of what does it mean to actually um, be isolated from one another because we literally have to in order to not get sick, um, that adds a whole other layer, I, I believe. And so I was like, you know, as many people, I was like, what do I do? How can I help? You know, um, things like work had dried up, right? Because nobody was working in a lot of ways. And in my work, you know, I'm, I do a lot of consulting and contracts just kind of disappeared. And I was like, okay, I have time. I have some skill. I have capacity. What can I do? So I made a decision. I was like, I'm going to create a space for men. What do I call it? I was like, well, I'm in the, you know, I'm in the connecting, I'm in the circling. So I decided to call it men connecting. I just kind of threw a web page up through Eventbrite, went to LinkedIn, went to Facebook, started tweeting things around. 
and um, started a weekly men's circle. It was a drop-in space. And guys started coming. It was free. <laughs> you know, you could make a, a contribution if you wanted to. Guys started coming. And some of those guys kept coming back. I did it every week. And over the course of a couple of months, a core group of guys formed. And it became clear, like, oh, this is these guys are actually really committed to something here. And so we kept going, you know. Um, and at a certain point, I decided, you know what, in order for this group to really get deep, I could tell they wanted to. The, the process of guys dropping in and out, that wasn't going to work. In order to really get deep, you needed to have a container, I think. So that's what I decided to do. I decided to make the container possible. And I closed the group. I took down the Eventbrite, and it was just basically like, whoever's here is here. And then it was like, are you committed, are you in, or are you out? And guys were like, I'm in. And so that group kept meeting. And we did a couple of different things. You know, I did like a couple of online retreats, like half-day retreats. And I, and I asked for money for those. I was like, hey, you know, like this is a lot of work. And, and they gladly paid for them. And I, you know, then I made it more explicit, you know, hey, this is actually like holding this a lot of, you know, every week. And they all were like, yeah, let's let's make some contributions. The, the makeup shifted over time. And after a little over a year of it, the group, I was blown away. We were still meeting. I was like, wow, a year in, we're still meeting. Um, I started noticing, you know, things were flagging a little bit. And so I, I actually reached out with a, hey, I want to actually make this. Like you're in or you're not. You're really committed. And, and a group of them said, yeah, I'm super committed. And the group continued. And we made a shift. I, I, did, I made some shifts for a variety of reasons. We made a shift from the morning to the evening. We made a shift to a kind of a subscription model. We made a shift to, so it makes it more sustainable. Um, we made a couple of other little small little tweaks. Um, and the group still exists. And at the end of last year, one of the, um, one of the things we've been talking about for now for like probably a couple of years is like, should we meet? You know, should we actually meet in person? Because the reality is, is that the group is made up of guys from different parts of the country. Many, most of whom hadn't actually been in the same room. I've, I've had the good fortune of being in the same room with several <laughs> of the guys, a couple of the guys. And so we made a, we made a decision to meet and we're meeting next weekend. This week, so like when you, when this drops, actually, so this is a funny thing. I, I say next weekend because I'm recording this the week prior. But when this actually comes out, this, I almost said airs, but it doesn't air, right? When this actually becomes published and downloadable, uh, if you're listening to it on the day it comes out, today is the day we're meeting. And the last day of the retreat, which will be March 26th, 2023, will be the three-year anniversary of the day that I first opened up the Zoom link and welcomed in the first guys that came to this thing. And that blows my mind. It absolutely, totally, and completely freaks me out because I had no plans for this. I had no expectations for it. I just was following an impulse. And I am, I am uh, so glad I followed the impulse because it's led me in this whole direction, right? It was that impulse that ended up leading me to creating this project, the, the mind. It's the impulse that led me to creating the whole side of my business that's in, about working with men. Now, I've been doing the work. I've been doing it for a long time, but it wasn't until following that impulse that I 
realized just how much this is about what this is about for me, like, and just how important it is to me. Yeah. So I'm here. I am. I'm, I'm super excited that we're meeting. So if you're listening to this on March 23rd, know that like this group of men is meeting for the first time. We're going to have a retreat together. We're going to spend a few nights together, a couple of full days. We'll cook together. We will laugh. We will bring in what's hard. We will do our work together. I'm really excited about it. What I wanted to like, I actually wasn't sure what to record. I was like, will I record this week? But then I started thinking about the conversations that we've been having leading up to this retreat. Because what I wanted to do was help make a container that could hold the in-person aspect of this. There's been an element of safety in relationship to the online version of it that started to get named. And I was kind of tracking it for a while, and I'm sure others were as well, and I'm sure maybe others listening to this have seen this. But it was it started becoming really clear and named in in the conversations we've been having. And what I mean by that is when we're in Zoom, when we're in Zoom, when we're on Zoom together, we're sitting in our own space, in our own home probably, a place that's familiar to us, that feels safe, that we have control over. And we don't necessarily have to worry about some of the things that come up in being in person. And we, we always have the option, if we want to just hit that leave meeting button. And we always have the option, if we want to withhold just a little bit in a way that maybe doesn't come across because we're not in a, we're not in a body-to-body experience where our nervous systems are actually encountering each other. But we also can be a little bit more vulnerable maybe because when we get off the call, we don't have to worry about that kind of awkward time of walking to the car with each other. (laughs) Like there's like a safety in the space we're in. And so I wanted to create, I wanted to create a container that could hold that shift, that transition from being on zoom to being in person. We've been having a lot of conversations about this as we've been leading up to it. And recently, one of the conversations we had was the question about what do you do when you feel rejected? Because it's a thing that can come up. The question wasn't, what do you do when you are rejected? The question was, what do you do when you feel rejected? I want to share something that was a little bit of a tangent maybe, but it's related. So uh, I, I went to this training. I think I mentioned last week talking to somebody at a social media company. Well, I went to a training. The reason I was talking to them is because I was invited to a training that was put on by this, like hosted by this social media company. And I went to it and there was an exercise that was done where they were pairing us up for lunch to have (laughs) like a a practice. They were the, the, there's a little, there was a process we were learning and they were wanting us to practice it in dyads or in pairs and they were going to pair us up. And the way they were going to pair us up was they put us in the circle. So we were in this big circle and they asked us all to look at our shoes. And then we were to lift our heads and make eye contact with somebody across the circle from us. And if we made, if we made eye contact with somebody in that moment, that was our lunch partner. And then we were to step out and anybody who hadn't made eye contact, the circle would come back smaller. They would look at their shoes. They would look up and it would continue to do that until everybody had made you keep doing that process until everybody 
had a partner for lunch. Well, we did this and we did the first round and I looked up and there was a woman across the way and her and I locked eyes and kind of pointed at each other like we're having lunch together. So I stepped out. And when I stepped out, the person that I had been talking to that I mentioned in last week's episode, who was one of the hosts and um, of the of the thing, she uh, she was like, oh, this is a kind of a weird process, isn't it? And I said, yeah, you know, what it immediately brought up for me was what I would call playground trauma. And she was like, huh, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, that kind of like, oh, I'm going to get picked last. Like, I, I always get picked last sort of feeling in the body. Because when I was a kid, when I was in elementary school, that was my experience. I wasn't athletic. Like, I wasn't popular. I was the kid who I generally got picked last, like, especially if we were playing some sort of a sport. Like, I was the one who, like, Nobody was nobody was excited to have Greg on their kickball team, <laughs> probably because every time a ball came flying at my face, I would run the other way because I didn't want people throwing things at me. <laughs> it wasn't my thing. So I got picked last, right? But like, which makes sense in a lot of ways. And right when you're in, when you're eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, that's formative for your social identity and like your confidence and my confidence. Right. So there was a lot of like this feeling in my body of like, I get picked last. And so when we, when he first told us what we were doing in this process, and I looked down at my shoes, the feeling I had in my body was like, fuck. Here it is again. I'm going to get picked last. No, I, I, I didn't. Right. I made eye contact with somebody. We were like, she was like, yep, lunch. I was like, lunch. On we went. Like, that was it. There was no rejection, but in that moment, at the beginning of the process, there was the feeling, the expectation of rejection. And the conversation that I was having with my group was, what if you have a need or a desire and you come to the group with it, you show up on Thursday, or maybe you wake up with it on Friday, or it emerges some point for you on the day on Saturday, and you turn to somebody in the group and you say, hey, could you do this for me or would you do this with me? And that person says, I don't, I'm, no, 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 thank you. I don't feel it. That's not for me. What happens? What happens when your desire meets somebody else's boundary? That's another way to experience it. What happens in you? And this is, I think, this is, I know this has been a driver in my life. I don't know if I would, if I've got enough of a theory or belief structure around whether or not this has anything to do particularly with masculinity, but I think it, I think it, I think a lot of men experience it. I think a lot of us have playground trauma and maybe even a lot of us do, even though statistically that wouldn't make sense because Statistically, we can't all be picked last. But sometimes when we get picked last, when we have that feeling in us, it's because we got picked last at the thing that felt important to us. And so the reality doesn't necessarily line up with what we're feeling and experiencing. By that, I mean Gabor Mate says that trauma 
is not the thing that happened to us. It's not the car accident, right? It's the, the experience, like the way we respond to it is the trauma. And so when I say that I have this kind of trauma story of playground trauma in my body, and then I, this is my experience always getting picked last, I'm not actually sure that I can square that with the reality. I don't even know if I always got picked last or if it's because it was rooted in a time that was important to me, something that I desired and somebody else made a decision. Or for example, being rejected by an like a girl that I'm interested in, that I was interested in once upon a time. That's nothing but my desire being met with a boundary of no, no, thank you. Yeah, there's rejection in that, but the perceived rejection is probably even harder, worse, more difficult to deal with. And so I'm what I'm aware of for this container that we're going to create with, with the men's group is that there's the possibility of that. We don't know. We don't know because we've never spent a couple days together. We've spent two hours at a time once a week over the course of three years. We don't know what happens. We don't know where we could potentially encounter one another's rejection or one another's boundaries. And so what happens for us? What do we do? Do we, do we freeze? That's one of my go-tos is to freeze and to get stuck. Do we flee? Do we run away emotionally or physically, mentally, psychologically? Or like actually leaving the room like physically? Do we fight? Fuck you. I was watching, um, we were re-watching season two of Ted Lasso, uh, which is a show that I'm sure I'll talk about soon because season three just dropped. That's why we were re-watching season two. And there's there's a, so spoiler alert, I don't feel too bad about this though because season two has been out for like two years. So, <laughs> but there's one of the characters, Sam Obasanya, who is being courted by a an African man who has, is wants to buy, is buying a football team and wants Sam to join it and invites Sam to decide whether or not he wants to join it. And Sam thinks about it and decides that, no, his time at, at Richmond and England isn't over and he wants to keep playing for them. And, but he appreciates, and he tells him, he says, thank you for the opportunity. And the guy's response is basically like, I'm going to destroy you. Fuck you. I'm going to dedicate my life to, to destroying your entire life. And Sam just watches the guy just like have this complete and utter meltdown, right? Because he can't handle rejection. He can't handle no, or like even just a perceived rejection, the invitation, it was an invitation. He said, no, that's not rejection necessarily. I mean, we get, we can get into the semantics of it, I suppose. But what I mean by rejection is like, it's not like this guy said, hey, Sam, would you join my team? And Sam was like, oh God, no, not you. Like Sam actually considered it. He thought about it. He was in relationship, and, but he made, made a choice that was for him. And that's part of what, what we're up to in these conversations about our container. And the reason I bring it up here, of course, is because I think this is something that we experience in our lives. We experience somebody else making a decision for them as something that has to do with us. And it's because there's some part of us that has, that had a need 
that wasn't met. The reason that playground trauma is a real thing is because we are at that age building out our social um, our social con- skills, our social conditioning. And we're also looking for something. By that age, we're starting to look for something outside of our family that we may not be getting in our family. One of the things I was tracking in watching this episode of Ted Lasso was watching Sam, the way he was responding to this guy's meltdown, was so grounded and centered, right? And part of that is if you track over the episodes of the show, is his relationship with his father. His relationship with his father is one that's super grounded. And they actually use that as like a plot point in talking about one of the other characters, Jamie Tart, his relationship with his father, right? And there's like this kind of there's this kind of juxtaposition there. Ted Lasso, what happened with him and his father. So I wanted to bring this in because I think it's it's one of the things that it's the way to say this. It's one of the things that that lives in us that we may not spend a whole lot of time looking at or thinking about. I know that's what came one of the things that came up in the conversation with the with the group. And the question of how do we even talk about this brought up tension in in individuals. Not bad, but just kind of like, ooh, it's uncomfortable to talk about this. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. And I, you know, I, like I said to them, I, I don't know like what the, you know, what, what's going to happen over the weekend. I don't have any expectations for any sort of big thing that creates some big charge or creates some sort of, um, uh, you know, kind of problem that we need to, to deal with. What I wanted to do was I wanted to help create an understanding that there are things that we are may need to work through or at least acknowledge. And if we can acknowledge them, if we can see them and then name them, right? Coming back to that whole idea of if we name it, we can honor it. Then it, it doesn't have to have a lot of control over us. And I think that's part of, yeah, that's part of this work for me is freeing ourselves from the things that have had control over us, freeing ourselves from playground trauma, from the idea of rejection, from the idea that we're always rejected if that lives in us. So that's it. That's all I wanted to say. I wanted to, in some ways, honor this sort of milestone anniversary I want to um, offer gratitude to the men, all the men who came through the men connecting space, because there's many um, and many who are not with us and like not in the group anymore. To my knowledge, all still alive and breathing. So I have great gratitude for all of them, for each of them. I have gratitude for the men who continue to be in the group, continue to make it what it is. The group, I think, is going to be growing here shortly. I am going to be opening it up, so I will have a couple of spots that are in it. So if you hear this and you're like, I, I kind of want some of that, reach out. 
because I think there's going to be a couple of spots. There's a couple more guys joining, but I think that'll leave us with two more spots. So please consider it. And if not, consider checking out step zero on my website, gregoryb.com, step hyphen Z-E-R-O, and sign up for that. And that may be even changing soon. I have some ideas for that. And otherwise, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this whole project, this larger project, the surprise project that crept up on me over the last few years. And thank you for your time and your care and your questions and your comments and your criticisms. I welcome it all. Greg at GregoryBflynn.com. Shoot me an email. If you're digging the podcast, leave a review. Uh, that's super helpful. If you're not digging it or there's something about it that you wish was different, shoot me an email and tell me and let, or let's talk. And last but not least, um, if you are uh, in the Seattle area and you're a guy and you're interested in checking out an in-person group, Monday the 27th, we have our fourth Monday um, Seattle Men's Circle meetup. Uh, you can find out more about that at seattlemencircle.com. That's me and Jordan Ferretti are holding that space every fourth Monday of the month this year and lots more coming related to that. So all of that to say, come and check it out. Thank you. Appreciate you. And we will look forward to connecting soon. All right. Cheers. Cheers.